I'm Katie Sewell, and this is A Bittersweet Moment with Tiffany Parks. Hello and welcome to The Bittersweet Life. I'm Tiffany Parks, and this is your midweek bittersweet moment. Today I'm going to talk just a little bit about one of my favorite things in the whole world, opera. I studied opera in university and graduate school. That was my dream as a young person, was to become an opera singer. And it's kind of an unusual desire. You wouldn't believe actually how many people are pursuing that career. But generally speaking, you don't hear that many people who are obsessed, especially at 13, 14, 15 years old, with opera. The way that I came to love opera was kind of embarrassing. Um, Well, I should say I was always a great performing arts nerd into dance and musical theater and straight theater. And I really came into contact with opera for the first time, um, unless you count an opera my mom took me to when I was about 10, which was a little bit difficult for a young person to appreciate, um, Dialogue of the Carmelites by Poulenc. I wouldn't start there, let's just put it that way. Um, But really where my opera discovery began was with the film A Room with a View which is kind of strange since that film was also really my foray into my love of Italy. Strangely enough, those two things, those two loves, my love for Italy and my love for opera, were really born at the same moment, the very first time I watched A Room with a View. Obviously, you can figure out why I grew to love Italy through that film, but you might not remember, for those of you who've seen the movie, that there are two opera arias that are featured very heavily in that film, and they're both by Puccini, and they're both incredibly beautiful and melodic. And I, as a 12-year-old girl, just about lost my head completely for the character of George Emerson, of course, played by Julian Sands, and also for the opera of particularly Puccini. But, um, But I ended up falling in love with many different types of opera, many different composers from different countries. But Puccini has always remained my favorite. And I really believe that Puccini is the best way to dive into opera. If you want to start listening to opera, Puccini is really your key. Because like I said, the music is very melodic. It's very easy on the ears. Some opera can be a little bit hard to swallow. Even myself, I have A great love for opera, but I still have difficulty listening to Wagner, for example. Puccini is what my very first voice teacher called hummable, because the melodies, they stick with you, and you remember them, and you find yourself humming them on the street. The reason that this idea to talk a little bit about opera, and specifically Puccini, came to me was because just the other day, I was walking through the metro, and a young man was playing that very aria, the first aria that is played in that film, on his violin. I was so struck by it. I absolutely love the aria. I've sung it, of course, many times when I was in school, but it's still one of my all-time favorites. 
And it really struck me how universal the music of Puccini is, if you'll just give it a chance. Now, for those of you who are thinking, uh, I can't, I don't, I can't deal with opera. I don't like it. I can't, I don't get it. This little clip from Seinfeld might speak to you. So, what do you think? About what? About the opera. Nah, I don't want to go. You gotta go. I, I don't like the opera. Well, what are they singing for? Who sings? You got something to say? Say it. Jerry, you don't understand. That's the way they talk in Italy. They sing to one another. That's the way it was, you know? I mean, you listen to the language, it's got that sing-songy quality to it. It's the language, Jerry. The language. <laughs> so why don't they talk like that now? It was, uh, well, it's too hard to uh, keep up. You know, they got, they were tired. I love Kramer's attitude towards opera, that it has, it's so connected to Italy, because for me, it is also so connected to Italy. And no, okay, they don't exactly talk like that here. But yes, the language is incredibly melodic. And people are very dramatic and they talk with their hands and they gesticulate just like you would see opera singers doing on stage and it really makes sense that opera came from here and it came out of this language and of this people so if you love italy it's not a huge stretch of the imagination that you might also love italian opera you just got to choose where to start and like i said start with puccini one of the reasons I think Puccini is such a great starting point is not just that the music is so melodic, but also the stories are very approachable. If you go with some other opera composers, Wagner particularly, but even Verdi, and Verdi's really the national hero of Italy, and the average Italian on the street, if you ask them best composer, they're going to say Verdi, they're not going to say Puccini. There's some historic reasons behind that that I don't have time to go into, but um, Verdi operas are great too. I love them. Rigoletto, La Traviata, What's Not to Love. But the stories are a little bit grander. And they often have to do with armies and kings and queens and huge choruses of slaves. Sometimes it can just get a little bit heavy. And Puccini, on the other hand, not in every case, but in many cases, really deals with stories of regular people. Stories that you can as a normal, ordinary person living in the 21st century, somehow relate to. Specifically La Boheme, my personal favorite Puccini opera. You know, story of a young artist who falls in love with a young woman who then leaves him and he gets jealous and she goes back to him and they can't decide whether to stay together or whether to break up. They're in love, but their love is torturing both of them. I mean, it's a story that so many people could relate to. A story of Gianni Schicchi. Now, that story might be a little bit odder than your typical romance, but it's hilarious. It's a story of a man who impersonates a dead man because the family of the dead man is trying to change his will to benefit them. And so he pretends to be the dead man who has just died and tries to change the will. But instead of changing it to benefit all of these relatives, he eventually changes it to benefit himself. <laughs> And it's hilarious. And you just, you'll spend the entire time laughing. So don't think that every single opera that you go to is going to be people rolling their eyes and standing there and just screaming at the top of their lungs and doing unbelievable things. There are also these really touching, real stories that, like I said, we can all relate to. So I started coming to Italy regularly at the age of 19. And it was generally something to do with opera. Either I was going there to study with a particular teacher or do a festival. 
And my love of opera grew and matured along with my love for Italy and for the Italian language. And even though opera is not as popular in Italy as it once was, it's still a very large part of the cultural identity of the country. And I'll never forget, when I was 20 years old, I was in the city of Lucca doing a music festival there. And I had met some Italian girls, and they were not part of the music festival. They were not musicians. They were just regular Italian girls in their early 20s. And we were sitting around talking one night, and I mentioned that my favorite opera was La Boheme by Puccini, of course. And one of them said, oh, I love that scene in the third act when Mimi and Rodolfo are about to break up. And she says... They both started rhapsodizing about this beautiful, touching moment in the opera. Such a specific moment. I couldn't believe that two girls who didn't study opera and who didn't seem particularly passionate about it would know an opera so well to know this particular scene in this particular moment. I just tried to imagine that conversation ever happening in the United States with American girls who had never studied opera. And I think that would be pretty rare. So this just goes to show that there is something about opera that is such a strong part of the Italian identity. And in fact, the Italian national anthem, there's the official Italian national anthem, but there's also an unofficial Italian national anthem, which is actually from an opera by Verdi. It's a moment from the opera Nabucco. The Jewish people, the Hebrew people, are lamenting the fact that their home, that their homeland has been lost. This is during the time of Nebuchadnezzar. And when this opera premiered, it was during a time of political upheaval in Italy, in which the country of Italy did not exist yet. There was no national, true national unity in the country yet. And the Italian people, who nevertheless felt a very strong cultural unity, really identified with this sense of loss, loss of country, because they were essentially being run by foreign countries. And this song today, this chorus, Va Pensiero, is what most Italians would consider the true national anthem. And most Italians, if you ask them, can sing at least the first line of this. So I encourage you all, if you don't already love opera, to do a little bit of exploration. So start with Puccini, start with La Boheme and Gianni Schicchi and Madama Butterfly, and read a little bit about the story of the opera, and then do what I did as a 13-year-old girl, 12, 13-year-old girl who had just studied opera. I read the Italian words side by side with English translation, so I knew what the singer was saying in the song, and that will just make it come alive for you. I don't expect to maybe catch every single one of you out there. There's some people who just, you know, they're just never going to like opera, and there's nothing I can do about it. But I hope that at least some of you, that this little mini episode will awaken some small passion for opera within you. Thanks so much for listening. 
This has been your midweek bittersweet moment. Join us again. Bye. Thanks for joining us. Subscribe to the show if you haven't already. And if you love it, leave us a good review and tell all of your friends about us. Also, if you have an idea for a bittersweet moment, send it to us by email or voice memo. We're at bittersweetlife at mail.com or find us using the contact page at thebittersweetlife.net.